What up, Rail Split Nation? We're back with another episode. This episode will be taking a look at the good, the weird, the bad, and the ugly of Lincoln Into News. everybody uh we're glad you're here hopefully you're staying safe um wearing those masks and things are going well if you're uh somehow tied to school whether you're going to school or your kids are going to school or you're teaching school hopefully that's getting off to a good start i am joined of course um by my two comrades uh first we'll kick it throw it to rail splitter mary up in the land to the north Hey, Real Split Nash, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to continue on and say something more of that. I thought you were going to insult the fact that I'm wearing a Patriots hat. <laughs> no, but that is ridiculous, um, <laughs> just for the record. But we will not put our uh, listeners through that. And then, of course, uh, our other comrade, uh, Dr. Boyce, what's happening? Hey, hey, good to see everybody. Uh, not that we're seeing any of you listeners, but uh, good to, I guess, be heard. I don't know. Nice to be on the show. Anyway, thanks, Nick. Uh, looking forward to tonight's episode. Yes, thank you, Nick, for putting together those awesome show notes. Yeah, I did that uh, during advisory today at school. So um, <laughs> getting things done, multitasking. Not that, boys. Hey, I had to play a video, so I was all good. A great you video did. on uh, food allergies. Yeah, so, so if uh, if you're a parent of a kid who goes into some, like, anaphylactic shock in next class, use this episode in court to sue him for everything that he's got. <laughs> uh, little do you know, though, parents, that we have seen a food allergy video for probably the 15 years that I've been teaching. <laughs> so I am well rehearsed uh, in handling it. Indeed uh, you are. <laughs> This week, we are going to take a look at um, some Lincoln items that popped up in the news over the last few weeks, probably going back as far as a month. Um, Some are good, some are weird, some are bad, and some are straight cringy. Um, So I think, should we just go in order the way we have it? Do we want to start with the worst first and then like do the positive last just because of like how shit is right now? (laughs) I don't know. We could go the ugly, the bad, the weird, the good. Yes. Hit on a high note. All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was, I think I was taking a break from editing and then I jumped on Facebook. I, I don't know why, but, I, and then I came across an article that absolutely shocked me like jaw to the floor. And it deals with um, a Abraham Lincoln reenactor um, out of Freeport, George Buss. So, um, and basically, he's been arrested um, and been charged for possessing child pornography, video, and patronizing a prostitute. So, um, absolutely, I was flabbergasted, shocked. Um, like I said, disappointed. Um, 
I sent a text to Mary and Boyce, and I think it's safe to say your guys' reactions were pretty much the same. It was crazy. I was at work when I got it. I remember exactly where I was, and I just looked at my phone, and I'm like, no way. And, like, my jaw just dropped. And the rest of our texts for that night were just, oh, my fucking God, like, all this stuff. Like, we couldn't believe it. And then... For those of you who don't know, listeners, like when it comes to Lincoln reenactors, he's like one of the most produ- like most well known. Yeah, um, I believe he goes we uh, yearly to get he does he the does. Gettysburg Address. Yeah, I, I saw him give the Gettysburg Address one year. So, um, so in Lincoln news, this is like definitely a big news item. Um, that that's kind of why we're talking about it, uh, boys. What was kind of your initial thoughts? Well, shock. I mean, I. I... And I, I'm not speaking hyperbolically. I truly believe that that was the most surprised I've ever been yeah. at a single news story in my life. Me too. Um, like it was so just, I mean, you know, and I don't know what, you know, I don't even know if there is a comparison, but, you know, this is um, someone. And of course, you know, we should probably put a disclaimer out there that everyone is, you know, deserves their day in court and everything else and, you know, habeas corpus and all the other things. Um, so, you know, if, if, if he is indeed acquitted, whatever, we'll have to look into it a little bit more. So, um, but you know, the nature of the facts or whatever seems, seems to be that's unlikely, but anyway, um, this is a person who was revered in the Lincoln really probably the general Lincoln community, certainly in the Lincoln Lincoln presenter community, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, I mean, there may be people who are a little bit more um, linked in with that crew, but um, every to a, to a person, every thing I ever heard about George bus was positive. Um, He was widely respected uh, as a Lincoln presenter. I mean, and that's why it was so shocking. Not that this would happen to, someone in the Lincoln community or a Lincoln presenter um, or shocked that it was just so appalling that someone who spends time around children and was an educator and in many different roles. Um, it's just his stature as kind of the Lincoln presenter um, is what really just made it shocking. Uh, it really, really, I mean, like the, the stereotypical jaw drop, it was like that's what actually happened my jaw my mouth was literally just <laughs> my jaw literally dropped and i don't know if that's ever happened before even in very shocking situations <laughs> that i've gone through so oh that was um me too yeah and i think the news came out what like uh, a day or two before like the anniversary of the freeport yes uh lincoln douglas debate mm-hmm. um and he was supposed to present at that so like yeah, I mean, I, w- I was shocked too. Like, it's one that you can never anticipate that it seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, you know, part of me, like, I feel bad for other Lincoln presenters now because obviously mm-hmm. this kind of puts a little bit of a tarnish on them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, too. Not that, I, that it should, but um, I, I think, you know, yeah, I just, just, I don't even know really what to say. Well, it, it, yeah, I, and I think it does. I mean, Nick and I are educators. We've had situations somewhat related, I guess you could say. Um, and, and it does put a bad name on educators, but like this 
and, and, and granted, this is me. I've met George Bush it, twice that I, at least twice. I've seen him perform as Abraham Lincoln probably uh, maybe four times. Um, not someone who there was any rumblings about him being creepy. Not someone who like it, it seemed to me. And if a listener out there knows the situation better, or maybe knows differently, and I don't want to just you know get in go down the gossip road necessarily, but there wasn't that like yeah, <laughs> I had a feel you know you know he just was so creepy or like you know like because I you know Nick and I when we went to that Lincoln Presenters conference. You know, they're getting photos taken with everybody and, you know, creepers have a way of like being handsy and whatever else. And I apologize if I'm mansplaining or whatever here, but like he didn't have that vibe. He wasn't that creepy person, which is actually to me frightening, like really, really scary because it could be anyone, you know, like, yeah. you know, as a, as a parent, it really scares me because if if my son a month ago had come, come to me or, or last school year and said, hey, there's a. Abraham Lincoln came to my school and I look it up and it was George Bush. I would have been absolutely delighted. And then, you know, like, and I would have never even thought like, I hope they did a background check or I hope, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what just makes me really kind of nervous about the whole thing. And it, and it does, it really impacts, I think the whole presenter um, community, because the, you know, that's a group that, that kind of is always trying to kind of, fight for a place in the history world mm -hmm. as like legitimate purveyors of history. I think they're, you know, I think they, they often kind of fight getting scoffed at by historians and getting, you know, laughed at by people who think they're too cool for school when really they provide a very useful, meaningful educational service. And many of them are so passionate about it. So, yeah, I do think that it's, it's, it's going to impact the, the presenter community in general and certainly the Lincoln one as well. I, I agree with you. That's what I was thinking too, how, how it's going to impact these, these other presenters, you know, um, thinking the one that we met in Springfield, Randy, Randy, yeah, yeah. Randy Duncan. Great yeah, guy. Yeah. And it just, I mean, I met George too. Like I saw him give the Gettysburg address in Gettysburg. You know, I didn't pick up that kind of creepy thing from him either. You know, it was just, and that's why I was so shocked by it. Like, like you, Jeremy, I was like, my, my jaw was like, I'm like, what? Like, I was like, WTF for the rest of the evening. I remember coming home and telling Jer, I'm like, do you remember that Lincoln presenter I met in Gettysburg? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, guess what? <laughs> like, well, and I was, yeah, I was struggling to like convey it. To because you know of course yeah. no one ever sends me text messages about interesting things about Lincoln that they come across but man everybody in the world sent me that newspaper article oh. as if I had some sort of connection to it same here same here and there's actually some other stuff we're going to talk about in this that I got messages about too um, like just some other news stories but yeah I got this one from a few different people and I like they're like I don't know if you've heard or not but I'm like oh yeah well and and I did you know. It was a good opportunity to say, like, this is just those of us who work with young people. Like, I mean, he was, and I said it before, but he was revered. I feel like I mean, he, he was. was like looked at. In yep. you know, a lot of different Lincoln presenters have. I don't know if I want to say their shtick or whatever, but like he, he always struck me as as the one who was the most like historically accurate. Like he, he was he like the fact that he did the debates, yeah, which is a pretty 
you know, he was very much not a caricature type presenter. He was not like the, you know, the um, kind of the mythic cartoonish kind of uh, Lincoln. And those presenters I don't have a problem with. Um, nor was he like the Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, like trying to get the mannerisms onto a T, but he was very much the new Lincoln so knows Lincoln so well and could do like the Cooper Union speech or the, the you know, the, the Freeport debate, like in its entirety, which is, you know, the Lincoln-Douglas debates were boring in, in 2020 eyes. I mean, they're, you mm-hmm. know, it's like two hours of talking. You know, not good TV, I guess, in t- through 2020 eyes. But he would do the whole thing, you know, in August in Freeport. So, um, you know, he was like the historically accurate, like in-depth knowledge. Um, that was kind of his, you know, I guess what maybe what I would say he was known for. Because um, he didn't do, you know, his voice wasn't, I don't think, the same kind of higher-pitched, weakish kind of voice that Lincoln mm-hmm. is known to have. Um, but he did do you know his his he's bald and his beard's white um so he always you know he, 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 when he did lincoln it, he had a hairpiece and it does it looked he he looked very looked much real. like lincoln yeah so um it's just i mean of course you it's to me the the lowest of the low i mean other than you know murder obviously like children and, and we don't know the, the details um mm-hmm. i don't know we don't know how many victims there were um, we don't know what it was, but the the charges were child pornography. Um, I believe it was production, not just possession. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yes, yeah, uh, and then solicitation of a of a sex worker. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just 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 bad. It's bad for the for you know. I don't want to say it's bad for the Lincoln community. It is obviously the victims are the yeah. the yeah. you know respect to the victims. You know, sending positive vibes their way, of course. Um, but yeah, educators and presenters, all of us, I think one, it does obviously impact us, but I think it's, it's also a calling, you know, that we need to, to make sure that we're doing our jobs to, to make sure everyone is safe, that our children are safe. And, and, you know, um, it is something I do think that we're getting better at, like Nick, I don't know about you, but when I was trained as an educator, it was never even mentioned what to look for. Um, how to notice victims, how to see grooming, you know, whereas now I feel like we really do take that seriously. And, mm-hmm. and there is, we do trainings at our school for um, domestic violence, sexual violence, human trafficking, all that stuff. So that, yeah. so that we as, as educators can spot that. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a heartbreaking story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you on far as like the being able to, help kids socially and emotionally, especially kids who have had to experience that stuff, um, has gotten a lot better as far as the education world. And, and, of course, I think, you know, at the end of the day, our thoughts definitely go out to the families of the victims and the victims themselves. I mean, what they experience is nobody should have to. And, you know, and if it's indeed true and he is charged, hopefully he gets the max. Yep. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I guess the worst is out of the way. Yes. So we can say that. So yep. the ugly is done with. Yeah. However, we still have the bad. Um, Illinois is having a Illinois Lincoln community is having a, a rough go around, man, over the past year or two. 
Uh, this is actually took place about a month ago. So about a month ago, the state historian who also works at the Lincoln Museum, uh, Samuel Wheeler, was fired. Uh, he has worked with the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum since 2013. I think he still has that job. I think he's still Lincoln. I don't. It sounded like I don't know. The article made it sound like he's a state historian, but he maybe also was. Uh, did you read the article, Mary? Are you looking at it right I'm now? I'm just having a look to see what it's saying here. So, he, I, um, he said, okay, one of two titles Wheeler ha- held. Yeah. And he was director of research or something like that, too. Yeah. So he officially got fired from being the state historian, which he held since 2016. And the termination was, uh, according to the reason that he got terminated, was based on performance. Well, the kicker in all this, Wheeler claims that he never was told of any performance problems. So this caught him completely off guard based on the articles um, I've seen out there um, and really kind of caught, caught him out of left field. There were, sorry, I'm kind of going through my notes here as I talk. Uh, kind of interesting thing about Wheeler. He was in the news recently. We talked about him not too long ago. He, he did some search on the top hat. I don't know if this is tied to the top hat, but damn it, that top hat's cursed. That that top hat is cursed. So anybody that... who gets you know dealing with it, whether Cornelius that had something to do with Cornelius, you know, uh, is issues, and whether the hat has something to do with Wheeler, the fact that they looked at the hat and they try to figure out the hat, yeah. it's a damn curse. I say we that, burn it. That cat is the King Tut's tomb of <laughs> Abraham Lincoln community, right there. Like if you're somehow involved with it. Like, I mean, there hasn't been any deaths yet, like there was with King Tut, but like, if you're anywhere near that hat, it's like, you're going to lose your fucking job or something like that. Like, it's like, you're gone. <laughs> so, and to refresh you guys uh, on what Wheeler and the hat and his tie to that, basically, Wheeler was kind of put in charge of doing some research to try to authenticate the hat. Um, and he looked into some of the claims that the hats had behind it over the years, and he couldn't find anything con- uh, concrete. And he kind of left it to the point where he wanted a textile expert to come in who specialized in that era and analyze it. Um, However, that was never done. They kind of halted it. Um, So at the end, kind of his final report was, I can't say it's authentic. So he didn't say that it wasn't, but he said that he couldn't authenticate it based on the research that he did. Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about this in the previous episode. Um, So... So there's not a ton of detail out there of really what happened or what specifically he did on the job, if there is a reason or not, um, and we're not privy to that at this point. Uh, But there's been some other controversies tied to the museum, and and we've talked about this. So remember in September, Alan Lowe, who was the former director of the agency, um, you know, he loaned the hat to uh, Glenn Beck out at a museum in Texas and or excuse me the gettysburg address so he loaned out a copy of the gettysburg address to the small museum in texas um and glenn beck had a tie to it and he got canned for that so people were mad about that and i did not know this either until doing some research on wheeler there was supposed to be an exhibit like the lincoln museum always has this traveling exhibit if you enter in it's usually right to your left before you get to lincoln's law log cabin and they've had some great traveling exhibits and i know we've talked about them but they were supposed to have one about spies and traitors uh fear and freedom in america 
However, that was supposed to happen. COVID happened. And then when they reopened after the COVID period, which was, I don't know, about a month or two ago, maybe a little bit longer, they did not have that exhibit. I guess what happened is some people went through it. um, And the quote I came across, we looked at it and felt that there were some problem areas. Diamond Jackson who is the third vice president of the Springfield branch and statewide conference of the NAACP. Um, She said she found it traumatic. There was a display of uh, the KKK uniforms, including one for a child. Um, And they felt like they didn't do a good enough job providing context behind that and referencing the hate groups. Um, And they felt like that kind of overshadowed the wartime spies. So I think kind of that um, they had like 40 people go through and they kind of collected some information from that. So kind of based on that stuff, they decided to pull the traveling exhibit. So uh, whether that's the right or wrong decision, I mean, I don't know. We weren't able to see it or anything, Uh, but just kind of a couple things keep kind of been a bumpy road the past year or so down there at the the museum and library world it seems to be um i don't know if you guys got thoughts on wheeler if you guys found anything else out it just seems like it's you know just the number of people that have been fired from that museum in the last little while is just crazy you know over the hat and now you know and then just this exhibit and all that it's sad to see such a such a museum which is an amazing museum get caught up in the politics of it um, but I think that's sometimes what happens just having worked in the museum field myself in a couple of museums that are tied to local governments, that does happen. You get caught up in the, the politics of stuff and like people do end up, I, I didn't witness it myself, but I heard of it at other museums in the area where, you know, the higher ups ended up getting fired over stuff that, you know, it was pretty shady what had happened and all that. Yeah, it's so it's I mean, it's just interesting to me how this all kind of plays out like a soap opera in many ways. And, <laughs> yeah. and somehow the hat's always, always involved. Um, the thing that, you know, it's it's just fascinating to me is that, like, you go to the museum and it's this pristine place. It's so well run. The volunteers are amazing. It's a very friendly and open environment. And then you hear about all this turmoil behind the scenes. And it's not just people getting fired. It's, you know, the, the from day one when they are you know very early on in the process i should say when they bought the tapper collection with money they didn't have you know and then you know thinking that they were gonna have it eventually somehow the museum is wildly successful like beyond all expectations it's it's you know this amazing place in central illinois so like the attendance isn't the problem but they never came up with the money that they needed they can't get out of their own way when it comes to the history side of things. And, you know, they, I would guess it's one of the most desirable museum jobs in, in all of, you know, mid 19th century historians. It would be my dream job to work there. Yeah. Yeah. They just can't seem to get out of their own way. Now you got people there like, like Christian, who's just awesome and amazing and knowledgeable and, you know, obviously a very, very capable historian and, you know, museum, I don't know if he's an executive or employee or whatever. So please don't think that we're saying that people who work there are, are lousy, but man, they just keep, keep, you know, the misstep after misstep, financial side, management side. And yet it's still the premier 
museum, you know, in, the, in Illinois, and it's it's yeah. an amazing place, and they've done such a great job with it. They continue to put on good events, although I do think they could do a little bit more with that. Um, I, I just think they need to to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, I'm pretty sure it, it, it's a lot to do with just being tied into the government and just, you know, different officials having different agendas and not understanding completely what it is to run a museum and maybe even I don't want to say they're ignorant, but just like, you know, not understanding what the exact mandate is that they have kind of their own agendas to what they think should be displayed or whatever. Um, I think that sometimes plays into it too. It's just people not completely wondering what goes on in a museum and how it is run and what it's there for. Yeah. You know, I, I can see that kind of, you know, especially with like Cornelius and Wheeler, like what happened, you know, did Mm -hmm. they, did either of them make like a stand? You know what I mean? Like exactly. you had somebody who didn't maybe isn't into, you know, who's not a historian and they were trying to do something and they're like, no, this is my line, um, you know, based on, you know, my profession and my, um, you know, professional beliefs. I, I can't cross this line. And then the person made the call, you know, it's a fascinating story. It's got to be a fascinating story to me. Like what is happening? Like, what what is the reason behind those? The hat itself is just fascinating beyond belief, and all the drama and controversy that surrounds it. Uh, the whole buy, like uh, Boyce was saying, with the buying of the collection, it's yeah. I mean, there's yeah. something there. We, we should pack up a camera and just uh, go on sabbaticals and figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know, and Mary, you probably can speak to this. Like what what it is in the museum industry where because it feels like you have historians particularly in the case of Cornelius where you have someone who's a historian doing like executive or management work um and and that that happens in education where like I'm a administrator and I do have training in it but like you know when I became an administrator I was I was a teacher you know like I wasn't a I wasn't a manager I Mm -hmm. so I've kind of had to learn and I you know I've certainly stumbled quite a bit along the way but like you know you see that sometimes like hospital somebody's a doctor and then they go into like the executive area of the hospital well they're not (laughs) they're not executives at that point they're physicians right so we have historians taking on leadership or management roles and then they mismanage the finances of the museum or something like perhaps there's there's like a gap in expertise there oh absolutely yeah you have you know at, you know, if you're at a smaller museum and you are tied into the local government, then you are having to deal, like at least here in Canada, like you're having to deal with different councils and all that. And they, you know, the councillors will have their own agendas. And you're just, you're a historian and you're thrown into this whole political world. And it's tough to make decisions with that. It, it absolutely is. And I've, I've witnessed it happening. And too, as someone who has been a conservator having to pick out artifacts, you know, you have people that say this needs to be on display. And you're trying to say, well, we can't because we don't have the proper means to do it. And they don't always understand that part of it. Um, so yeah, that that is absolutely I think what happens is like, you're thrown into this role where, you know, you you don't have the exact training to do it because that's not what you train for i was kind of thinking of like teachers maybe i probably fit in this category but we have some teachers who are very passionate about what they do um but they look at a very narrow perspective at times and i think i'm guilty of this too and they don't see the big picture 
and can butt heads with administrators, you know, to the point where it's almost like, gosh, if I did have another opportunity, I would leave. You know what I mean? I like I, I feel like whoever we've talked to down at the Lincoln Museum over the years has been so passionate. Mm hmm. And then I wonder if sometimes that passion, you know, um, when they're dealing with an administrator, like we're talking about somebody who's crunching numbers or trying to, you know, figure out the logistics of that, that maybe it's hard to put that passion aside sometimes. And I wonder if that's part of the issues. It is, um, I think. It, it's probably a collection of everything we're talking about. And then that's why they need somebody. I don't know. I don't know who needs to be changed and what's going yeah. on. Hopefully... We don't have to do another story like this where we're covering somebody else losing their losing yeah. their job. Well, I, yeah. The museum uh, field it can be complicated to work in because yeah, of the, sure. the political agendas and all that. Like it, it's not, you know, it, it's a really cool field to work in. Um, as someone who used to work in it, I mean, I've thought of getting back into it too because I still have an interest. But it can, depending where you work and all that, like there can be a lot of different th factors that get thrown into it that you know, you have to make tough decisions and you're having to deal with people that might not completely 100% understand what you're doing. I'm glad I'm not a difficult coworker. <laughs> Note the sarcasm real splitters. Well, and I, I do think that there's a lot, I do think there's a lot to that where, you know, like the hat, I think, I think, you know, we always bring up the hat, but I think the hat is a good, perhaps example of probably the, the, the bigger picture there where you have historians who feel very strongly that you need to prove the provenance of the hat. It's not historically significant unless there's historic ties to it. Yeah. And then a museum executive is going to be like, the people just want to see a top hat. Like it's the Lincoln museum, you know, and, 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 I don't, and, and it's probably not, and I'm sure it's not, it's not that simple, but like the whole argument, because I'm, you know, I'm in the middle, like I love the museum, but at times I'm like, man, you could get a little bit more into the history here. Or you could get a little bit. You got this amazing collection. You should put some of this stuff out and talk about the historic significance of it. So, like they're 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 in both those worlds. Like they're they are, you know. I think that's a complaint a little bit about the museum is it does have a little bit of a Disney World feel to it, where it's like, you know, the the, the latex figures and the you know the production value and those things that aren't the same as like seeing some exhibits or you know seeing things on display. It's it, it's a family friendly museum. They're trying to, they're trying to cover a whole lot of different audiences. So I can see how historians like wants to be that hardcore. Like we, you know, we need to showcase items of the collection and talk history. And, and then executives saying like, we gotta, we gotta put, we gotta bring butts through the gates, you know? And, and this is what's going to, you know, and, and that, that kind of conflict, I wonder if that's where there was personality conflicts within that. Oh yeah, there absolutely are with with what should be displayed, what shouldn't, how should we display it, how should we do this exhibit? Um, you know, even I ran into that in the field too because people have their own thoughts on how stuff should should be displayed. But I mean, the important thing at the end of the day is like to make sure you're hitting all different types of learning, like how people learn and all that. Um, and just you know, there's things that about the Presidential Library Museum that I'm kind of like, why, like, you know what is that but then but then i think no you know what that's hitting a different audience than from how i learn and they're covering all those bases and they do it very very well no i agree all right we're, we're getting back well this is just weird <laughs> this, this, this is the thing that i had like five text messages 
Um, one of my friends posted on my Facebook page. It was crazy how much I got from this one weird story. So I know we did an episode about uh, historical artifacts a while ago and uh, the purchasing of those things and the selling of them. Um, well, there's a new piece of Lincoln memorabilia out there that you can get. And it is a two-inch lock of Lincoln's hair. Ew. That that was removed the night of the assassination, I believe, and was eventually given over to uh, Mary's cousin, Dr. Lehman Beecher Todd. So would you pay $100 for it? Absolutely not. You wouldn't pay $100 for Lincoln's hair? That's gross. And plus, do you really, like, I mean, my thing is, it's going back, I'm going back to the hat again. How do you know? DNA, yeah. baby. DNA. 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 But the hair is also, now, I know he had a bit of gray hair at that time, but I looked at him like, was it really that light? Yeah, or who knows what, what time does to it. My, my opinion on it is, any. Almost all artifacts are like given willfully, like yeah. autographs. They, they it's a signed piece of paper that transfers ownership. Somebody has it; it belongs to them. You know, even articles that are sold. But I mean, like at a certain point, some personal items kind of get into that. Like, is this memorabilia or is this like something stolen? But when you get into like something literally part of someone's body after the assassination, I feel like, man, that is just not yours to take. <laughs> You know, and like, and I know that it was probably, there was a, the customs were different there and it, and it may have been customary, but to like, to, to, to buy and sell a body, I mean, I know it's hair, but like part of someone's body is just, I, it's, it's just strange to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, let, let me sweeten mm. the pot here for you because not only can you get this two inch lock of hair, you get it in a, t- with a telegram. That was sent from the War Department by uh, to Doctor Todd by his assistant on uh, the night of the assassination, and then I guess the story goes he got the telegram. Well, he had the telegram in his pocket, and then the hair came, and then, like he wrapped the hair up in there. So and it says that the telegram he wrapped the lock stained with blood or yeah. brain fluid. <laughs> Ew. Ah. <laughs> uh. So no. you're still not taking it for a hundred? I am not taking it for anything. Even if someone was like, "Here, we will give you X amount of dollars to no." Listeners, if you would buy for a hundred, you still ain't getting it because this puppy is expected to bring in at the minimum of seventy five thousand dollars for a piece of hair. And back in the day, it was kind of custom to collect hair. I don't know if we stated that or not. Um, it, it was. I want to. I don't know if I mentioned this. I think I might have mentioned this on the show. But I had a high school economics teacher. And on his bulletin board, there was all these locks of hair. Ew. From, like, former students. That. And we feel like we're back to the where we started the show. So it was. I remember thinking, this is weird. Ew. And, yeah. I found. So I am the keeper of my family Bible. And I found locks of hair in it. And I freaked out when I did. I'm like, this is gross. I don't know whose hair this is. But yeah, I would not. I don't know. Like, what what would I do if I had a lock of Lincoln's hair? Like, would I bring it out when I'm having a party? And like, look what I bought. Like, this is Abraham Lincoln's hair. Dude, I do like some like Jurassic Park and I recreate him. 
And then... Oh, you wish you know. you do Jurassic Park and yeah, how'd that go? How'd that go in Jurassic Park? Life finds a way. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm doing it after Jurassic Park. I will take the lessons learned from Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's five um, Jurassic Parks, and it goes badly in all of them. Yes. Well, what did you think was going to happen? They just basically left all the dinosaurs sitting on the island. I mean, or stuff was going to go bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would clone him. Dude, like multiplicity with all the Michael Keatons, we could just have a bunch of Lincolns, smart Lincoln, dumb Lincoln, uh, cool Lincoln, hipster Lincoln. Well, Lincoln would be a hipster now. Um, but, you know, go from there. I was talking to somebody. This is totally an off-topic rant. But you could totally play a game with hipsters. Like now, it could be like hipsters or militia. Hipsters or militia, because you know a lot of them have beards on both sides. But anyways, oh no, is that a militia coming or a hipster? <laughs> but uh, difficult to say. What, what do you think people would say about you, oh, oh bearded one? Yeah, I I was at a protest and I brought this up. Then I'm like, oh man, maybe they're second guessing me now. <laughs> But uh, my beard's trimmed, though, now, so... You noticed. A little bit. That, that's trimmed? Yeah, that is trimmed, yeah. Both, you of, you, both of you now have beards. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't like it. I don't know. I can't decide if I like it or not. I hate... It just doesn't feel... It feels weird under the mask. Yeah. I but I also stopped shaving because of the mask. I'm like, what do I need to shave for? My face is covered all day. <laughs> what a conundrum for you. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. <laughs> All right, I took us down uh, this rant, and I'm going to bring us back because that's what a good host does. Uh, any more? Do, <laughs> any more comments about Lincoln's locks? Can we move on from the? It's not just weird; it's ew. Yeah, to quote, I would buy to quote Shit's Creek. My favorite show. What? Sh- have you guys heard of Shit's Creek? Oh yeah, it's Canadian. Yeah. Ew, David. <laughs> I don't watch Shit's Creek, but I'm going to take that that's a line from there. Yes, it is. Ew, David. I don't watch it because I'm not basic. Um, it's a very good Canadian show. All right. The good news. Uh, there's new Lincoln sources online. This is actually so awesome available. news. It's not just good. It's awesome. Yeah. So between 1999 and 2002, the Library of Congress was tasked the Lincoln Study Center at Knox College in Illinois to transcribe thousands of letters sent to and from President Abraham Lincoln. So the staff ended up finishing about half of those uh, that were mostly penned by Lincoln in 2018. Um, And then the library decided, the Washington, D.C. library decided to recruit volunteers. So I know this was in the news over the last couple of years while we were doing the show. Um, so basically, people volunteer, which is pretty cool. Um, I kind of always thought about doing it, but I just never got around to it. Uh, to transcribe the other 10,000. And last month, the letters to Lincoln Project concluded after two years of work uh, that they're ready to go. So they're set to join the other 10,000 online. In total, the Lincoln Papers make up 40,000 documents, and about half of those are digitized. So in this age of COVID, we could jump online. I probably should have done more research, but advisory ended, so I did not find out the website <laughs> for you. Um, Let but, me see if I can find it. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, anytime we can get more access to, uh, you know, historical documents, especially revolving around Lincoln, the more we can get of the story. Um, and, you know, the more it will open us eyes to other things. So this is great. The fact that these are digitized or half of them are now. I'm looking um, at the is, site right now. Is outstanding, um, you know, for people like us who do podcasts or people doing research, writing books. Um, all sorts of people, especially in COVID. I mean, um, it's very hard to go. I don't even know if a lot of places are open to do in-person research. So mm-hmm. this is outstanding news. Yeah. No, I thought it was awesome that you had this one. And I was thinking the same thing, you know, with the way COVID had, has us all. I mean, we're not all locked down right now. But for somebody like me that I can't even cross the border right now, you know, and I've got research that I want to do um, for, for a project I'm working on. I can't do it, but luckily the sources I need are like a lot of them are, are online. Um, but something like this, where they had volunteers, where people who are probably, you know, you're going to do that. You're passionate about Lincoln and you get to transcribe something he wrote and you're part of that project. That that's awesome. Like that's a really cool thing to say that you've been a part of. And I think I found the website. It's called, uh, it's just like library of Congress by the people letters to Lincoln. There you go. And it's Check got it them, out. It's got them all there. You can like, it looks like they got images of them and you can, I think you can click on them. Yeah, you can click on them and like on one side of the screen, it shows the document and the other side, it shows the transcription of it. So that's really cool yeah. that you can see that. Agreed. Boys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a treasure trove, you know, it's it's probably the best rabbit hole you could possibly go down so um yeah i just i you know i i think it's cool i mean obviously in a perfect world uh it'd be easier to fund projects like this but i do think it's pretty cool that that regular people i don't know like you know that, that it was crowdsourced in, in a way that, that got a lot of people to to have kind of a community ownership of the whole project i think that's really neat so um yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think, I mean, I think the documents were, for the most part, I think people were aware of them. So I don't know if yeah. you're going to see like this, like amazing revelation, mm-hmm. like we found the letter mm-hmm. or the missing speech or whatever. But I don't think that's the point, really. I think just yeah. the more we have, the better, um, the better, well, you know, the more resources we have to research. You know, yeah. we can just kind of, you know, if nothing else, you can just kind of read Lincoln's words and see him in his own hand in many cases. And, and that's just super cool. No, the more accessible they are, the better for the community. And the fact that you can actually ask for volunteers to do something like this. Yes. And get people that just shows you how strong the Lincoln community is. Um, Because, you know, like, let's say Miller Fillmore probably has a bunch of letters out there. I mean, we're never going to see those. Not that we need to because, you know, there's nothing in them. What, you wouldn't sign up Uh, for that, Nick? No, I wouldn't sign up to type up some... Hey, I'm Millard Fillmore. You know what? You know when that comes up, I'm going to sign up for it. But I'm I'm going to use your name. Then, then I will sue you for fraud and take everything you got. (laughs) It's not much, Nick. And I'll take that Patriots hat and burn it. But um, (laughs) no, it's cool that the, the Lincoln community is big enough and dedicated enough to help actually do that. Um, and it's awesome that this stuff is more accessible mm-hmm. uh, because when you have to do in-person research, you know, these places, you know, it's not in every corner of every town. You got to travel to these places. You got to dig through them. It takes up time. 
Um, so it does make it a lot more easy for people who need to do that stuff, who want to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and to even use from an educator's standpoint in the classroom too. Well, and the other thing that it does too is um, I'm just looking at this from the perspective of a museum conservator is it is going to help preserve the documents for longer because it means they're going to be taken out of, you know, storage less. And even if you're a researcher that's there on site, you know, if you're not someone who needs to see the actual document, if they have computers set up where you can view them there um, because maybe you don't have, you know, internet access where you live or whatever, but this is going to allow the documents to be preserved for a lot longer too. So something like this is really important for preservation. That's a great point. I didn't even think of. Yeah. It's so they can just, you don't have to bring them out. They're there. They're already, you know, they're protected. You don't have to go on site and get them out. I can't wait till Trump has a library and museum. Ugh. no. Okay. We're not going down that road. No, I'm we're bringing not. us back again. I took us, almost derailed us. I almost split the rail, but now we're back on it. Chugging along, baby. Choo-choo. All right. Uh, That is the good, the weird, the bad, the ugly. Um, We took it in reverse order there. So some good news there. We'll continue to bring Lincoln News when it pops up. Um, Outside of that, I didn't see under any Lincoln News besides some articles, you know, trying to compare how Lincoln would handle, you know, some of these crises. I don't know if you guys saw any other additional items. I didn't know. So that rocks and turns us right into our weekly segments. So uh, for the people, uh, by the people, um, who wants to get this going? Who's got some? I'm still looking for mine. I got some. Okay. Go ahead. Hold on. I got to get out my Twitter. I was talking to a student about Twitch. You know, you guys into Twitch? No. Either am I, but. You play video games and you stream it. Yes, yeah, so no, Jeremy Jerry does Twitch, I think. He's a Twitcher? Do you call it a Twitcher? Is he twitching? I do not know this lingo, Nick. I'm not a gamer. Alright. This was making its round on historian Twitter the other day. And I'm assuming um well Mary, you follow like all these historians, so you probably seen this. But it was Civil War generals as Muppets. Oh my god. It is awesome. And Cecilia Xander has it out there. If you follow any like major historian, they'll have it. And it was from like three days ago. And it's great. Like Braxton Bragg is compared to Sam the Eagle. Um, you know, Henry Halleck was uh Bunsen Honeydew. (laughs) Um so there is just some great ones. Uh Jefferson Davis, they have compared to Count. Uh, the count basically, um, George Custer and Miss Piggy, because they both are wearing the same hat. the hair. Yeah, yeah, it is terrific. It's great. I would highly recommend um, trying to seek it out, and it really made my day. It was a great little bit of positive news and all the negative that's out there. So, um, and the historians were absolutely loving this thing too. Yeah, Joseph Hooker Beaker. I mean, come on. This stuff's gold right here. Yeah. So there, um, there was a few of us on Twitter that were coming up with her, with our own as well because she hadn't. She was still going at that point. 
I eventually she came up with Howard, but we came up with one for Oliver Otis Howard. I can't remember who it was and a few other ones too. It was just, it was, everybody was having fun with it. It was so positive. Yeah. It was awesome. No. Yeah. It, it was good. Yeah. Uh, I did come up with one. Uh, Ford's theater tweeted, this has been a little bit on the 28th of August. I just thought it was cool that in April, and of course it's at Ford's theater, which is the Lincoln connection, but in April of 1976, uh, they had an actor, play uh dr martin luther king at ford's theater uh credit scott king attended it the a performance of the play uh, the play is called i have a dream and the actor who portrayed dr king billy d williams none other than lando calrissian himself wow uh, really? i just thought that was kind of cool that's that cool lando played dr king before before empire before star wars also um, that's cool yeah i guess it's my Wait. turn Yep. Okay. So Eric Hyden, um, he's one of our members on the Facebook page. He shared a post. Ronald C. White has a new book coming out about Lincoln, which, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I just got two new books this week. All right. <laughs> yes. One is called, well, one I, one I got is called um, Black Iron Mercy, which is about the Iron Brigade. And the other, it's a historical fiction. The other one I got is Freemasons at Gettysburg because uh, one of the side things I like to uh, research is the Freemasons. Oh, I did not know that. National Treasure is in my like top three of favorite movies. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I just watched part two last night and I enjoyed it very much. All Um, right. So Ronald C. White has a new book coming out um, called Lincoln in Private. And it says here like there's, um, it's a, Eric shared the post from from what Ronald C. White had posted. So Lincoln in private, what his most personal reflections tell us about our greatest president. Knowing knowing White, this book is going to be excellent. Because his biography about Lincoln was awesome. His one about Ulysses S. Grant was American Ulysses was amazing. Um, Even the one about which one of his early ones about Lincoln's um, second inaugural, it was pretty good too. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, no, I agree. And speaking of white, I got a transition here because I'm going to do a double take on this uh, because we have a new review and they don't mention white in it, but they mentioned sure now. So that was my link grant there. Uh, It's titled Millard Fillmore. (laughs) And it's by DeGraz 21. This is from August 16th. It is a five stars review so we appreciate that stumbled across the podcast a couple weeks ago and love it currently reading grant by Chernow, and this podcast is a great companion to get a feel for all other aspects of the civil war only question what is rail splitter nick's deal with millard fillmore <laughs> if we only knew if we only knew dude let me tell you millard fillmore is a punk ass all right <laughs> punk ass who knows nothing yeah Literally knows nothing. And where's Literally he from? Wasn't where, nothing. where is he from, Nick? He's from the armpit of America, <laughs> not Gary, Indiana, but Buffalo, New York. Didn't he used to call it the mistake by the lake? It, yeah, the mistake by the lake, uh, the armpit of America, um, <laughs> you know, whatever else you want to call it. We you probably know, have zero listeners that live in Buffalo because of all that. Uh, you know what? If you live in Buffalo, I don't want you to listen to the show. <laughs> 
Now that is a little ridiculous. <laughs> That's harsh. Burn. Ridiculous. We, we do have a listener, or we did have a listener. I'm assuming. Hopefully, they still listen. And like Fillmore, Utah, wasn't it, or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, come on. At the other day, Fillmore didn't even properly mourn Lincoln. That's why he's dead to me. But if you really want to send a message about how that Fillmore is an MFer, I would highly encourage you to go over to our store. Uh, where can that be found, Mr. Uh, Dr. Boyce? It's on teespring.com. You can check it out. Uh, we've got a couple tweets and posts about it on our Instagram, too. But it's teespring.com slash the Rail Splitter Podcast. And you'll see all kinds of Rail Splitter merch, including a shirt that has a picture of Miller Fillmore with his initials underneath it, MF. Um, or you can get one that has Abraham Lincoln's initials, G-O-A-T, next to Miller Filmer's initials, M-F. So go buy your shirts now. If you haven't reviewed us, uh, buy the shirt first, and then go give us a five-star review, and then feel free to say whatever you want. <laughs> we'll read it on air within reason. Um, all right. This Week in Lincoln, do we got one? I do. Good. Oh, thank God. God. Why do you I'm do par- that, Nick? <laughs> carrying the show this week. You had know. one all along. I don't know if Voice has this or not, but uh, I've really gotten uh, back into vinyl here. I don't know, maybe getting into vinyl, buying a lot of blues albums and whatnot, but I went to the Great Culture Shock. That's a um, great place to go. Probably, I would say, the best record store in Rockford. Um, <laughs> hey, no you got offense to Toad, to Toad Hall. Hall, the other one. Yeah. Uh, but they have like these candles, like mm, the Jesus candles. Saint. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I bought myself a secular Saint Abraham Lincoln candle <laughs> the other day. Um, so he's always watching over me. I, boys, do you have one of these or no? I do not. I've seen it okay. several times. They got some good Lincoln stuff in that store. They got yeah. some socks and they got some good stuff in there. I just bought Kira an RBG Funko Pop and in uh, a mug the other day. So um, RG RBG. Hang on, fifty days, fifty more days. Uh, we might have to go till January. Oh, what is R- what is RBG? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, okay. The notorious RBG. The notorious RBG. Yes. I bought I bought a necklace with her like a descent thing for my mom on that site. Right on the site at that store. Yeah. So no, Culture Shock, great store. Shout out to you. Uh, they're awesome. They're like on the forefront of uh, buy local and supporting them, and they've done a great job for local businesses here in Rockford and supporting them. Uh, anything else? Any final thoughts? Any last words? Any words of wisdom? Any jokes? Um, any last-minute advice? Any picks for this upcoming Sunday football? Go Pats. Anything. I thought you were a Packer fan. I am. I also like the, pack, <laughs> the Pats, too. Dude. You know what? You're Canadian. The border's closed. You can only cheer for CFL. I'm the host. That's the rule. No, that is not true. I hate the CFL, and they're not. I don't even think they're fucking playing. Go Pats. That's fine. They're not going to have a good year. So um, half their defense is currently not playing. So although I did draft them in fantasy football, that's the problem. Well, then what the hell, Nick? I only did it because I was taking pictures of a fire and then trying to do my fantasy draft at the same time. But the pictures were cool. Go to Peggy on Instagram. So, (laughs) all right, 
we appreciate everybody for taking a little time out of their day to listen to our nonsense. Um, we appreciate that. We plan on being back with you next week um, if all goes well. So on behalf of the other two, remember to, uh, yeah, the world with uh, Malice Swords Done, charity for all. Totally butchered that. But everybody, bye. 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 <laughs>